Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Welcome back if you have listened to some of our previous episodes. This is the podcast that's meant to empower you to step outside, whether that's literally stepping outside into the wilderness or into the woods and having an adventure, or figuratively and stepping outside your comfort zone or the comforts of everyday life. Maybe things are getting monotonous and you're just on cruise control and you're not necessarily living intentionally and rather you're just kind of you know, zombieing through life on on momentum. Um, hopefully, this empowers you to go out and have your your own adventure. Which leads us to today's guest. Do you ever meet somebody and you're talking to them and you're like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And they just say one of my least favorite things someone could possibly say. It's going good, man. Living the dream. And, you know, sometimes people use that sarcastically. It's always kind of a bummer when you're like, they're not actually living their dream, (laughs) but they've accepted where they are in life and they maybe have accepted the false belief that they can't even change where they are. Well, my two guests today are actually living the dream. They can say that unironically. Because uh, Luke and Annie Perkins have been on an adventure for the past few months and actually for an entire year where they're traveling around the country, even into Canada, in their pop-up camper. So they're living in a truck and a camper. That's their house for the next year. And they're basically exploring the country. Which, if you ask a lot of people, is a dream of theirs, right? Like, if you ask me, I would say, man, that would be amazing to have that time to go just explore. It'd be really fun. You don't have as many responsibilities necessarily. I'm sure they tell you they have some responsibilities, but you don't have as as much going on. You don't have as much stuff you're responsible for. And you're just exploring and you're seeing what the country has to offer. That is a dream of a lot of people. I bet if you ask people on the street if they would like to do that, most people would say that would be something they would find enjoyable. But most people do not take the steps to actually pursue that dream. And so when I learned about Annie and Luke's adventure through their website, mulehawk.com, you should definitely check it out. But when I learned about their adventure, I instantly knew I needed to talk to them and just kind of learn what inspired this project, how they go about their day to day, how they decide where to visit um, and really just kind of listen into their adventure. So I feel free to join me today. And as just a fascinated spectator into the day to day life. on the Mulehawk adventure. Um, and like I said, check out their website, www.mulehawk.com. They have a YouTube YouTube page in which they'll kind of show you what they've been up to. Uh, that's also Mulehawk. And I believe they have a Facebook page called The Adventures of Mulehawk. And why Mulehawk? You're just going to have to tune in. I think she explains it at the very end of the episode. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah i think it's a great name and kind of summarizes what they're up to also before we start i just put this podcast on itunes so if you've missed any of the old episodes you can go back um subscribe to the podcast if you would like and listen in to i think i have five previous episodes and I'm committed to at least a year every single week of bringing some sort of conversation that, like I said, is meant to empower empower you to go have your own adventure. And if you're having your own adventure and you want to tell me about it, let me know. That'd be awesome. So here we have it. Episode six, Annie Gordon Perkins with a few comments from Luke Perkins because I believe they were driving to the next adventure as I was talking to them. Please enjoy. All right. So what what would you say your guys' project is if you had to describe it? Like what have you guys been up to for the last six months? I would say we are traveling around North America in our pop-up truck camper to try to get outside more and be more active and see and do things that we kind of always wanted to see and do. Nice. Um, I guess this is something that everybody dreams about. Like, I definitely dream about doing exactly what you guys are doing. Um, what what kind of pushed you to actually do it rather than just daydream about it? I really think the thing that pushed us to go out of our comfort zone and actually sell our house and buy an expensive truck camper <laughs> um, it was probably when my dad passed away last summer. He had a heart attack. He thought he just had a, the flu, and, you know, he made a doctor's appointment and everything. But, unfortunately, he passed away before he could even go to his doctor's appointment. Jeez. And he was only 58 years old. So that really just made Luke and I think, like, hey, if we have all these big dreams, we might as well do them now while we're young, reasonably healthy, you know, in good shape. Yeah. And go and take a work, take a year off work, and just travel around, see and do the things we want to do now, and then we can always go back to work, you know, later. Yeah, definitely. Well, did he? Did you? Him and your mom? Did they instill like a love of the outdoors and a love and adventure in you? Absolutely. My dad was really an outdoorsman. He loved traveling he loved camping he was a fisherman and a hunter you know so yeah. we would always go on family vacations you know outdoors to national parks and camp and hike and go fishing and stuff like that and so it kind of made me want to have that travel bug or develop that hot foot i guess you could say and yeah. for luke he'd been to all 50 states already by the time he was 30 because his family traveled and went on lots of family vacations too because they have friends in a lot of different states because his dad was a dentist okay so they would go visit his dad's like other dentist friends <laughs> and he was in the navy too oh yeah. there you go was, like friends and stuff so luke really loved traveling too and had already been to all 50 states but turned but there was still, like, some parks and stuff, you know, he wanted to revisit or re-explore now as he's older and can, like, appreciate it better and stuff, too. Yeah. I was going to ask, so when you were a kid, did you appreciate it as much as you do now? Because I remember specifically going on trips with my parents, like, camping and going fishing and things. And there were moments where I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we hanging out outside yeah. in the rain? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. No, I remember being like kind of grumpy and getting bored a lot as a yeah. kid because I didn't fully understand like just how cool that experience was until now that I'm older, you know, and and especially the more I'm learning, you know, about like climate change and like out here in California, the droughts and the oh, like man. natural fires and stuff are so bad. And I'm just like, I'm really glad that I got to you know, see those glaciers or see that lake or whatever before they are gone. Yeah, definitely. So when you guys decided to do this, um, what what was some of the things you had to get in, get in order to start with, I guess? Before you even, like, set out on the road, what did you guys have to decide? Like, was it just spur of the moment or was it kind of a three-month plan or a year plan or what? Well, I guess it probably really started to take shape like about a month or two after my dad passed away I was like you know what I'm I'm feeling really low I'm at like a really low mm-hmm. point in my life I'm ready to just take a leap and do something that's going to make me happy and like make me feel fulfilled so we started planning we, we had a year I would say to um you know finish out my school year my last school year at L&M for him to end his job at the Muscatine Municipal Golf Course to sell our house, to put our house up on the market and sell it, and then to try to get rid of all, a lot, all of our stuff. You know, <laughs> like, have the house and just all the stuff. So we had to just make some decisions, you know, about that and, um, and to go buy the truck and camper that we wanted and decide which you know, truck and camper, or did we want a van, or did we want an RV, like, make all those decisions. So we yeah. had a year to, to kind of go through that process. Okay, and why why did you decide the truck and trailer combo over a van, or, I have a, I have a buddy right now who's driving around sleeping in his Prius, which, you know, wouldn't work necessarily wow. for two people. Yeah, I know, it's comfy though, because I've slept in it with him a few times, and, uh, you know, there's plenty and of space in that. Even though you're like so tall, like laying down. Yeah, it's amazing how much room is in a Prius for sure. But anyways, why did you awesome. guys decide the truck and trailer? Well, it's actually a pop-up truck camper, so it slides into the bed of our truck, so he's not pulling anything behind us. Okay. Wow. Um, we first were thinking. I mean, we really wanted a van, right? Like we wanted one of those cool, like sportsmobile vans that van are really life. tall and. <laughs> And have four-wheel drive and high ground clearance and all that stuff. Because um, that's actually what Luke's brother is doing. Is He's building his own, like, camper van thing. But he is building it all himself. Wow. And we were like, that sounds really cool. But we don't feel like we have the expertise to, you know, <laughs> do wiring and plumbing and stuff like that in a van. So... And we thought, you know, we want to be able to have a, a vehicle that we can use when we're not traveling. And a truck can be really useful, you know, on its own. Oh, I think I'm losing you for a second. Can you hear me? Hi. Hey. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's, you guys are on the road, you know. You don't get the best service, I'm assuming, right? That's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's awesome. So you decided on the truck, and then did you guys have like? And then, yep. I guess are you are you following like a super scheduled like we have to be in this area by Monday, or are you just kind of going by the seat of your pants a little bit? 
Well, the beginning of our trip was more planned um, because we knew we would be in Canada during like the peak of camping and hiking season. So we had reservations for a lot of the national parks in Canada for the month of July. But after that, it was more kind of like we just planned for like the next week or two. Okay. And then go for, yeah. So how do you guys decide where you want to visit? Like, how do you lay out your priorities, I guess? <clears throat> well, I guess well, before we even left, we made, like, a map of a lot of destinations that we were either really for sure wanted to see or at least sort of interested in. And then now we just kind of go from that map and then make little changes or decide if we still want to go there or if we've heard of something else in the meantime that we really want to go to. And the weather plays a big part of it, too. Like, if we know that it's going to be rainy for a few days, we might go somewhere else for a couple days first, you know, where the weather's better, and then head back. So that's kind of how we do it now. That's awesome. Was there, I guess, how much self-doubt did you guys face? Because I feel like if I was starting this project, in the back of my head would be like, what are you doing, man? Like, you just sold all your belongings, and is this the right choice for you at this time? Like, how did you guys get over that because I'm assuming you felt a little bit of that oh I feel I still feel it <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> yeah it was like kind of scary telling our family like hey we're selling our house it's our job yeah so, like around in a truck camper it's just such but, like outside the norm it's so uncomfortable to even exactly try that to even but start you know off what? yeah but you know what helps I think was going online and, like, just looking it up, if you look up, like, the key phrase digital nomad or whatever, okay. you find a huge community of, of young people, not just retirees, but of young people who are working and traveling full-time on the road. Wow. And the more that we read and saw, like, YouTube videos and read other people's blogs and stuff like that, we realized there's actually a lot of people out doing, living this lifestyle right now. And that kind of, I think, helped me feel more comfortable with it. Yeah. But, um, and I mean, I knew I had cell phones <clears throat> to stay connected. I knew that if the worst thing happened, like, oh, we spent all of our money too fast, we <laughs> could just go back to Iowa. Yeah. You know, like, worst case scenario, get a job. But, um, so, it just, doing my research, I think, and finding out that there is this community out there of people who live in vans or people who live in RVs and campers, and some of them just work remotely on their computers or whatever. And that if you save up or whatever, it, you can really make it happen. And it's really not as scary as it seems at first. <laughs> yeah. So have you met some of these people as you guys travel around? Or is it yes, more of an online have, community? Actually. Oh, you have? Cool. Can you tell me about them? Yeah. Yeah. So um, some people we hung out with were called Local Adventurer. And they're like full-time travel bloggers. Like they make all of their income off of their travel blogging and videos, which is really cool. And their names are Jacob and Esther Fu. Okay. And their gig is that they live in a new city for a year, and then they move to a different city for a year and like travel and hike and camp and do all the things to do in that particular area. Okay. So we met up with them in Portland, and that was really fun. And then actually just the other day, we met up with two other people um, who have pop-up truck campers, too, that we've been, like, 
talking to online or have been following us online too. We've, we've been following them. Um, we met up with them at Toyabi National Forest where Buckeye Hot Springs are, which is a really beautiful hot, natural hot spring. And so it was fun, like, camping with other fellow pop-up truck campers <laughs> and talking with them about places to go and things to see and stuff yeah. like that. What, besides places to go and things to see, what lessons have they taught you um, or shared with you? I guess it was, like, Jacob and Esther, I learned more about travel blogging. So I think, you know, it would, it would be a cool idea to make some money off the yeah. blogs or our YouTube channel at some point, you know, like, I don't expect it to fund me, yeah. like, my main income, <laughs> but I think it would be nice to generate some side income from it, so I learned, you know, how much work it really is <laughs> to make that step, and, like, to get into the advertising and the affiliate marketing and stuff like that, I'm like, wow, you know, I don't have a business degree, like, this is kind of... This is kind of more than I was thinking, but, you know, it's encouraged me to read more about it, too, and and pursue it as at least a side, you know, a side hustle. Yeah. And um, actually, it's really funny. Um, the people we just met up with the other day, Shane and Don, are kind of caravaning together, each in their own truck camper. And Don did some, like, IT work for a hospital, and Shane was actually a DEA agent. Whoa. And it was, it was just cool that, you know, you, you meet these people from all different walks of life, but we all have in common that we love the outdoors, we love hiking, we love camping, and and I think that's just something that is it's a really cool way to make friends who have common interests with you, you know. Oh, it's big time. Like, I noticed that just doing any sort of hobby, it's so much, I was telling you before we started, I'm a bit of an introvert, or at least I feel that way. <laughs> Right. Maybe that's just the story I'm telling myself, but it's just, it's so easy when you're doing a certain hobby. Like for me, if I'm going on like running or on some sort of race or hike and you meet people that are just similar to you and it's just really easy to talk to them and, you know, start. Right. Cause I guess for you me, can, like, yeah. yeah, for me, it's the whole starting a conversation with someone is always a little bit uncomfortable, but if it's sure. someone who's interested in what you're interested in, then it's really easy to start that conversation. So that's awesome exactly. that you're able to meet people. Yeah. Um, do you miss teaching at all? I guess I miss the school community. Like, I miss having my teacher colleague friends. I miss my interactions with my students. Um, but I don't miss the actual workload of, like, <laughs> grading all of the papers and, you know, the drama or the problems oh, that yeah. arise with the bureaucracy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I feel good taking a break from that yeah. end of it, for sure. Well, it's – so did you teach middle school or high school? Yeah, middle school. I did 7th and 8th grade, and then I did drama club also. Awesome. Yeah, we uh... – we're both special people to want to teach middle school for sure. Um, but I loved it. I love teaching middle school. I really love the middle school culture. I did too. Content is fun, you know. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't think I would ever like going back and teaching middle school, but I absolutely loved it more than high school when I did my student teaching. For sure. So yeah, I, here's the thing that I noticed during the summer or right now for me, um, we just had a baby, we just moved, so I'm not working at least this semester and maybe this whole year right. and taking care of them. Cool. But but what I noticed that's the biggest change is 
I just, I don't wake up in the middle of the night with a billion things going on in my mind. Um, you know, when I'm exactly. teaching. You're yeah. like, I don't want to forget this. Or like, I better write this down. This is a really good idea. Yeah. Or, oh, I still solve this problem that I had. Yeah. People don't realize that when you're teaching, you have probably like 50 different thoughts going through your head at once. Because, you know, you have 20 some <laughs> kids and you're like thinking about each one of the specific kids and then you're trying to think about the content and the classroom management and all of that stuff is going on at once and it's it's draining, which it is... It can be very overwhelming, yeah. Yeah, which Definitely. is why, you know, you get teacher attrition after three years. So many teachers leave the profession, you know. But I yep. think doing what you're doing is maybe just a good idea because it's a good break. And I guess how else do you and see it? Some perspective too, to like maybe bring some new ideas back to the classroom, you know, after the fact to make it more real world experience and sort of things like that too. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. How do you see it affecting your possible future teaching? If you decide to go back to it? I think it's really helped me kind of just like, able to step out of the box but I mean at the same time I couldn't say for certain just because it would depend on the school I worked for because you know different schools have different rules and different curriculums you know that that you have to yeah to teach things you know material teach their way but it's definitely kind of made me reevaluate you know the way I was doing things before and would make me want to make I think the students be more of the talkers and the you know the thinkers and the questioners and just kind of have me be like a mediator in the background because the more I explore you know my world and see things and that's kind of like what I would want for them to to have yeah. at least in the of my classroom yeah I mean traveling just teaches you so much and I mean I had some kids who were like I've never been in North Carolina and I was like, man, we live five miles from North Carolina. Let's, we can walk there right now, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And so, like, trying to simulate that experience in a classroom, I feel like, would be very beneficial to them. Um, Definitely. Which is awesome. So, you, you guys mentioned that another reason for doing this, kind of a side reason, was to try to figure out where you wanted to possibly live. Um, yeah, Exactly. We love Iowa. I mean, it's always going to be our home, you know, and people yeah. are really nice. The cost of living is really good. But, you know, there's no mountains and there's no ocean in Iowa. That's the, the, that's the only reason we decided to move to. Just that awesome. right there. I mean, there's outdoors things to do there, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I realized that, you know, in the summer, it's really humid and there's lots <laughs> and lots of mosquitoes and in the winter, it can become super cold, and there may or not be any any snow to play on. You know, it's just cold. Yeah. And and I found that, you know, being a teacher can be really stressful. And after work, I would just spend my hours on the couch, like, grading, lesson planning, and then watching TV, and generally eating foods that were not very good for me, <laughs> and feeling really tired. And I was like, you know what? I want to be spending all this time outside. I wish I was hiking or, like, seeing and doing new things. And so I feel like taking this year has really helped me to be that person who's outside and being active and not just sitting 
on a couch <laughs> watching screens. Yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. Um, so did have you guys been to any town or area where you're looking at each other like this might be it or or have yeah. you not found that so, yet? So other than um, like the Front Range of Colorado area, we also really, really love Bend, Oregon. Oh, yeah. I've heard great things. And and just recently, we're learning that actually Reno, Nevada is really? not a bad place. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, that's surprising. The downtown area is definitely where like all the casinos and gambling and stuff like that happens that, you know, you imagine when you think of Reno. But it's the cost of living not bad, especially if you, you know, just kind of lived outside of town. And when you think about it, you know, it's really sunny most days of the year. The weather's pretty good. There's skiing nearby. And you're probably a day's drive from, like, 11 different national parks. So, we're like, you know what? This maybe is going to be on our short list. That's, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So, um, wow, Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Right, it's not something you would initially think of. Yeah, but the more you, the more you look into it, you're like, hey, this actually might be a cool place to live. That's pretty cool. So you guys are talking about maybe going through the south and then the east, and I guess the one thing that I could see you not enjoying as much is the humidity. It's brutal. Um, yeah, and I'm scared for sure. Like when we get to Florida, of like the humidity and the mosquitoes, definitely. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. The winters, though, like where we were, was basically southern Virginia, northern North Carolina, right on the border. And nine months out of the year, it was perfect weather. Like you said, sunny. Um, It got cold, but not Iowa cold, you know? Iowa kind of gets the worst of both summers and winters. Right. But then the summer, man, it just was like three months of brutal humidity. It was was hard. Wow. You know, we had Harper, and she was between the ages of zero to two, so it was hard to take her outside when it was that hot. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And especially, like, someone like you who does lots of, like, really hardcore running and hiking. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine doing that kind of strenuous exercise when the humidity levels are that high. (laughs) You had to change shirts, like, five times a day. That was the key. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of laundry. Um Okay, so I guess I kind of wanted to ask you guys about the day-to-day routine. Um, like, yeah, what does what sure. a typical day look like? So I guess in the morning, we wake up with, you know, I mean, I'm a sleeper inner. I won't lie. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I sleep really good in the early morning hours. But Luke will wake up early because he's used to working in the golf course industry where, you know, you wake up and start <clears throat> your day with the sun. Yeah. And so he'll he'll wake me up and then um we have a little porta potty in our camper <laughs> that that's our toilet. So it's like, you know, you're sharing this really small space. The bathroom and the kitchen and the bedroom are all the same. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And um we'll make some breakfast. We have to put away our bed. Our bed pulls out as like on a sliding drawer type thing. So okay. we have to put away our bed and all of our bedding. And then we'll usually make some breakfast. We have a tiny little fridge and a, a stove top and a sink. So we have, you know, we have the basic things to make breakfast with. And um, 
And then while we're eating breakfast, we usually decide, like, make our plan for the day. Like, okay, maybe we want to do this hike or we want to drive to this place. And or maybe this afternoon we want to get out our inflatable paddleboard and we want to paddle on this lake or awesome. this river or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we just cut the plan for the day and then we carry out the plan. And usually the weather's a really big factor in that too. Like if the weather's bad, we'll we'll go somewhere where there's Wi-Fi and work on the blog or make some YouTube videos or you know get in touch with our family and talk to them for a while. But. We also brought our rain gear and our snow gear, you know, so that doesn't stop <laughs> us from going outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, a- we try not to go out to eat too much. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How often like, about? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the same as if you go out to eat a lot when you live in a house, you'll still go out to eat a lot when you live in a camper <laughs> too, you know, yeah. like that type of thing. And especially when you're in a new place and you see all these cool, like, um, food trucks or this really interesting restaurant, you know, you want to try it because you're in this place and you're like, that looks really good. I got to try it. Yeah. And you're like, I might not so, ever be back here, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I would say probably our biggest spending categories are food and gas. Oh yeah. And that's, that's like food that we make ourselves too, but you know, food and gas probably our biggest spending categories. And then after that, um, we really try to taper down our our activities. Like when I was in when we were in Canada, we spent a lot on activities. Like we went paragliding, and it, oh my <laughs> gosh, it was one of the most amazing experiences. But it was an expensive activity to do. And now um, we're trying to just do more free things. But you know, it's not hard because there's millions of beautiful and interesting free things to do out here in the yeah. world. So, oh, definitely. How did How did you feel when you're about ready to like run off a cliff with a hang glider? <laughs> um, well, the paraglider. Oh, paraglider. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have to run off a cliff, it's more just That's like good. you're running downhill until <laughs> you feel the parachute lift you off your feet, and then you're kind of doing like a Bugs Bunny where he runs off the cliff, but he hasn't realized it yet because his feet are still running, but there's air underneath him, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you're just like, wow, I'm flying. How cool Wow. Is that? <laughs> wow. That's awesome. And then it you was, try to like I mean, defeat the Roadrunner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's exactly. cool. So then, so you decide where to go and you do whatever you do during the day. And then what is nighttime look like do you guys pre-prepare like the night before like uh i guess you know laying stuff out for the next day or do you just kind of well that's kind of the the cool thing i mean it's it's like i guess it's double-edged double-edged sword right because we have a pop-up truck camper that's in the bed of our truck so that means if we want to drive anywhere our home it has to come with us oh yeah so every day we have to pack up all of our stuff again Close, lower the roof, latch it down, turn off the propane, turn off the water, pick up our stairs, pick up anything we have set up outside, put it all away again so that we could drive to the next spot. So I'm kind of wishing like we had our bikes and that might be something we try to do in the next few months is get get a couple of bikes and strap it to the back Um, because then we could leave our truck and camper set up at our campsite and then just bike different places okay you know yeah but for right now without the bikes we have like every time we want to drive somewhere we have to put away our whole home we can like pack it all up again 
So it's kind of a process, but we've got it down to where we can really put everything away, latch down the roof, turn everything off, and be driving in, a, in like 10 minutes. Wow, okay. So it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really take too long. That's nice. And we've been um, really good about finding free campsites. So when, you know, the day's activities are done, we will either go back to the campsite we were at the night before or go to the next free campsite. Because we found out that national forests, and BLM land are really plentiful out here in the West, and you can free camp on any of those public lands in in most spaces. So that's been really cool, is like just exploring these free public lands and parking our truck, you know, wherever, and setting up and sleeping for the night. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you had any uh, animal encounters, like a bear wandering in or, or anything like that? We have encountered, let's see, what is it, Luke? You've seen 12 bears, and I've seen 11 <laughs> so far. Wow. I saw one while paragliding that she didn't see. Yeah, no you way. saw one while paragliding that I didn't see. So I'm that's just, why he's got one more I'm imagining you guys running with the parachutes, like bouncing off the ground, but the bear's right there, like <laughs> bouncing off his head. <laughs> that's, it wasn't quite that but, yeah. yeah but no nothing wandering um, into camp or anything no not i mean not that we've seen i did hear some coyotes like howling last yeah. night but i think they were quite a ways away but it was really cool to hear that and we had clear skies last night we're kind of like in the desert right now you know yeah so the stars were awesome wow. and we were able to watch the draconid meteor shower that's going on right now oh, and wow. take some cool night photography and Listen to those coyotes, man. So pretty cool. <laughs> well, see, that's what I feel like most is the, the biggest misconception that most people have about going to wild places is they just assume, yeah. you know, if they didn't know any better, and I've assumed the same way at times, but like you just assume you're going to run into a bear or you're going to run into a pack of wolves right. or something. And, you know, chances are you're not even going to see those animals. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the animals are probably more scared of us than we are of them. And, I mean, I know in the time that we've been on this journey, we've saw in the news, you know, about yeah. lots of bear attacks, like a guy on a bike. Oh, the dude hunting. Yeah, and then just recently that guy in Montana who was hunting got attacked twice by the same bear. That's crazy. But um, we do have bear spray, and we do carry the bear spray with us in, like, heavily trafficked bear areas. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I guess we've just been lucky. You know, we make a lot of noise when we walk, we talk, and yeah. say, you know, do the hey bear thing and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, I think really realistically – more chances are that you're not going to have that encounter than than you than saying you would. You yeah, know? but it's good to be prepared. You know, just in, oh, definitely. You never I know. Definitely, <laughs> we have the bear spray. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned that you kind of miss having bikes, so you could easily go in town. But what's uh, what's like the main common comfort you miss the most? If you had to choose one, you have like a list of like 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just kind of changes from day to day, really. Yeah. Like right now it's been getting really cold at night. And so we do have a furnace in our camper, a propane furnace, and that helps. But I don't know, the coldness kind of gets to me. So I'm kind of excited for getting further south. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but I don't know. I guess maybe just for reliable internet connection because you can do so much with staying connected with family and friends with internet. Plus, you know, you can still simulate the comfort of being home just like watching a TV show and, yeah. you know, before you go to bed or whatever. And when you don't have internet, you know, that really limits your possibilities for being connected and for, you know, relaxation and entertainment, I guess. Yeah. So have you been reading a lot of books then instead or? Yeah, we do have books and, and actually we do like audio books okay. or I read, or I read out loud in the car while like Luke's driving. You're such an you English know? teacher. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So it's like good practice for me, you know, yeah. for like getting back to the classroom, do some read alouds or whatever. <laughs> what, uh... Been, oh, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts, too. Hey, so. there you go. I know, I That's listen to way too many podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, do you have any book recommendations for people, or? Um, well, we just got this, what was the guy's name? Edward Albee? Edward Abbey. Oh, Edward Abbey. I don't know if you've heard of him. But he has, like, a whole series of, like, outdoor camping, hiking. But they're novels. They read, like, novels. Okay. And so we just kind of got started into that scene. So I would suggest anyone else who has, like, a interest in the outdoors or who likes hiking and camping, check out Edward Abbey because we just started reading his books, and it's pretty cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, but it's... I also do read a lot of young adult fiction <laughs> The you middle know, school and I like teacher. to have good book recommendations for my students. So yeah. we read lots of young adult books too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um if you guys go to the East Coast and you hike on the Appalachian Trail, you should read uh Bill Bryson's Walk in the Woods. Um Oh we have read it. We I'm sure you have, yeah. Too. It's great. Like he's I mean he's really funny and entertaining with the writing, yeah. but it's also very informative. Um Exactly. I, I want to go to that uh, Pennsylvania town he mentioned where there's just a fire burning under it for like the last 50 oh, yeah. years <laughs> Centralia yeah what's it called? Centralia I oh, think yeah. the, it's like coal mines or something right? That yeah burning yeah. it sounds terrifying That's... but but super strange know, but really interesting yeah Yeah, and, sure. and then I guess the one place I'd want to go on the east coast uh, that I haven't been is Maine and New Hampshire, that whole area, um, which we didn't get an opportunity yeah. to go up there. So hopefully you guys are able to do that. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to go to Acadia National Park. But And also, our, we were first going to go to Alaska. We were going to go to Canada, and then we were going to drive to I was wondering about Alaska. that. My dad actually did but that this we, summer in his pop-up oh, really? camper. Yeah, he did. Because that's actually how I oh. first became aware of what you guys were doing because I saw you had pictures in like somewhere in Canada, like Banff maybe. And my dad had yeah. just been there like two weeks earlier on his way to Alaska. Um, no way. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know if you guys did the Alaska thing or if you were planning on it we or what. We were going to, but then we kind of decided against it last minute, mostly because um, we were going to have my mom fly out and meet us in Alaska like part of the journey was to have her have come with us for part of it okay. and she, she decided she didn't really feel comfortable flying alone to Alaska <laughs> that's she a long flight she hasn't flown a lot in her life yeah and so she wasn't quite ready to do that 
So instead, she came to Olympic National Park in Washington with us, and she took the train. Okay. So that was kind of what changed our plans for Alaska. But excuse me, but I still would really like to go to Alaska someday because it just looks awesome. I know. My dad uploaded his pictures to my computer because he didn't know how to do that. And yeah. I've just been looking through them. With no, he's not behind me telling me what any of the pictures are, you know. So I don't get the story yeah. behind them. But the whole time, I'm like, man, I wish I knew it where this place was. It looks amazing. But uh, for sure. But yeah. So how um, how do you guys? I, I I've talked to a few friends who have traveled with a travel companion or a wife or a husband or whatever. And yeah, you know, I'm sure you guys need moments alone. So how do you guys deal with that? Um. Well. We really just take advantage of the fact that we can we have all of outside to be <laughs> our space, you know? Yeah. So, like, if one of us is doing something in the camper, the other one of us will maybe go outside and walk around or talk on the phone to a friend or a family member. Yeah. Um, and, like, even just, like, going up into the bed area, like, and then having, like, the down... The downstairs, like little, like, yeah, <laughs> living room. <laughs> it gives us some space too. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Have you been annoyed by me too much yet? I mean, we've only been this is only like our fourth month, so we haven't driven each other too crazy yet. <laughs> that's awesome. See, and that's the other thing I always tell people if they're starting to seriously date somebody or if they're married to someone. I'm like, you guys need to go on a trip like a serious trip exactly. together. And if it works out, then it's good. And if it doesn't work out, then now you know. <laughs> and it's like, you know that if you can lay in bed while your loved one is on the toilet two feet away from you, <laughs> that that must be true love. That's a, that's a whole, like, that's a level up in the relationship for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's awesome. So I guess, um, what I kind of want to wrap this up soon. Um, so what, uh, what, what's been a big lesson you've learned doing this? Um, I guess for us, the biggest lesson is probably that less is more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, having a house and a good income and, you know, no children yet had really let us just, you know, hey, we can spend money on all these things whenever we want. We can go out to eat. We could buy this big screen TV. We could buy this really comfy couch. And now that we're forced to live in, like, this tiny little pop-up truck camper and, you know, have to be really conservative with our money if we want to get through our whole, you know, bucket list of places we want to see, um, that we're – I would say that we're actually really very happy, even maybe happier than we were in our house with a lot less <clears> – <throat> stuff and a lot less money because we're finding out that like experiences mean so much more to us than material objects you know yeah that's great that's that's kind like, of and like I, that, that simple life i guess is, is pretty nice yeah i feel like there's a lot of people in our generation especially um realizing that which you know is, is probably one of the reasons why colorado is becoming such a crazy destination state yeah because so many people realize like what's the opportunities for adventure that are available and you know um if they prioritize that more than money and a giant house and all that stuff then that's where they 
And you, you know. actually, you have a really good quality of life. Yeah. You do. Definitely. You do. And it's, I mean, for me, I, I get stressed if, if there's too much stuff that we have or too many things going on. It's, it's, I definitely agree with yeah, that. It's, it's a little bit harder with, with when yeah. you have kids, um, because they have 15,000 toys and tutus, but, um, right. Well, that's <laughs> a different level too, you know, becoming parents like it's in its own place too, yeah you know yeah definitely definitely awesome well okay so if you had one one place you visited that people must go to maybe it's something they don't you don't hear about too often because i saw you guys went to crater lake which is amazing yeah um yeah really beautiful but is there any uh you know like insider okay. info All right. yeah, I guess. <laughs> um so if you go to like washington state Okay. You absolutely have to go to the Anacortes Ferry Terminal, take a ferry boat out to San Juan Island, which is like one of the little islands on like the Olympic Peninsula kind of sort of area of Washington. Okay. Because there are resident pods of orca whales that live wow. in the waters there. And you go to the, on San Juan Island, you go to Limekiln Point State Park and you are almost guaranteed to see orca whales and they come right up to shore and like you can see their faces you can see their you know blowholes you can see their dorsal fins (laughs) it it was like one of the most amazing experiences to see this pod of orca whales just come like right past us on on the shore oh my gosh all right so definitely adding that to the to-do list um Cool. Well, well, thank you guys for talking to me today. Um, I'll definitely keep. Fo- oh, yeah. Tell tell everybody your website. I forgot about that. Sorry, I'm a bad promoter. I'll put that in the intro. Sorry, say it again. Yeah, MuleHawks.com because our camper or our truck is our mule and our camp camper model is a hawk. So that's where the mule comes from. Awesome, and it's a great website. It looks awesome. Like your pictures are amazing and. The whole story yeah. behind it, it's inspiring, so it's definitely something to follow and check out. And you, you guys have a Facebook uh, group or whatever, yep. too, right? Yeah, we have a Facebook, too, and a YouTube channel, Mulehawks, also. Okay, yep. sweet. Well, I'll definitely be following you guys, and maybe in a couple months after you're, you know, through the south or the the, the east or whatever, we can we can talk again and, and I'll hear more about yeah, your adventures. Yeah, I think it'd be It'd be awesome to uh, go on a hike together in Colorado. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We might be hiking at a two-year-old pace, but it would be awesome. Oh, that, that's good for us. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> well, thank you guys for talking again, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have to keep in contact. So. Cool. Thanks for having us, Chris and Lindsay. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Yep. Bye. All right, there you have it, the tale of Mulehawk. Super cool name. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, feel free to find these on iTunes. I think it's a little bit easier. That's how I get all of my millions of podcasts I listen to. (laughs) Uh, And if you like it, go ahead and subscribe. That'd be cool. That'd help us out um, in reaching more people because really that's my goal is – it's kind of empowering for myself, to be honest with you. I mentioned in this podcast that I feel as if I'm a little bit of an introvert. And sometimes conversations or starting conversations are 
feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mostly starting them feels a little uncomfortable to me. And this is a way to force myself outside of my own comfort zone in that sense. And quite frankly, I'm really, really enjoying it a lot. This is, this is one of the coolest projects I've worked on in a long, long time. So, so thank you for listening and we'll get back at you next week.